here's a sneak peek of this week's episode. So we ended up doing a 12-night Mediterranean cruise for about $1,500 apiece. The other ones that I was looking at, same period of time, were like would have been like $4,000 apiece, which would have been like eight grand. So spending about $3,000 for 12 nights to see so many places was, we felt like an incredible, incredible deal. I'm Scott. And I'm Melissa. And we are the Sunshine Travelers. Our passion is travel and sharing our experiences with those who enjoy it as much as we do. For those who want to learn more about travel, or even those that just want to live vicariously through our travel stories, no matter where you fall along that journey, get ready to hear about our firsthand experiences as we visit some of the most interesting and amazing places on Earth. This week, we will be sharing more details about our Mediterranean cruise, where we went, what we did, and a few hints about booking a cruise overseas. So Scott, we've talked about doing this episode for a while. And so I finally wanted to talk about it because we recently booked a new, another Holland America cruise just recently that we're going to be doing in the Caribbean upcoming in the next couple of months. So I wanted to think it just helped like brought back a lot of memories and things that we did. And as we think about um, what we want to do on this next cruise that we're going to do, that's going to take us to new places that we haven't been. And so I mentioned in that other episode, which if you haven't heard that, the summer trip to Europe, that's episode seven, that when we originally planned that, I was really hesitant to take a cruise because our experience in the past, you just like, you know, are kind of going to a touristy place and, you know, going to the beach and and stuff like that. And I really, because of some of our other travels, I really just wanted to be immersed in the culture and really get to see things. And so, but we ended up settling on this Holland America cruise of the Mediterranean. And I'm really glad that we did. Well, because you started seeing all the various places that we we're going to go to, right? And there were things that were on the bucket list to to cross off and see. And it gave us a way to really see so many places that in that amount of time, you could never even see. Now, obviously, you can't take a deep dive, except for, I mean, we did have two whole days in Barcelona, which we really did a deep dive into that in the episode on Barcelona. But the other places got to do more than I ever would have imagined with some planning. So let's talk about like how we booked it, what the deal was, because we got a great deal on this particular cruise and some, some basics, and then we'll go into some of the details. Yeah, so one of the things that I would say is let's start out talking a little bit about the different types of cruises and cruise ships, right? You can take small cruise ships like the river cruises, you know, that have a couple of hundred people on it, things like that. Holland America is kind of a mid midline cruise. It's still a very large ship, but it's not as big as like the, you know, the mega cruisers like the the Disney ships and the Carnival and all those things that are like these huge monster ships. Matter of fact, if you see the Holland America up against one of those other monster ships, it looks like we're on a yacht. Which you do when you're in port. You're just like, oh, wow. Like you thought this ship was big when you got on it, but then you see these other ones and you're like, oh, wow. Like this is not nearly as big. But that makes it... it It is a big ship, though, because trust me, the first few nights we were on it, I spent a lot of time walking around it. It's a big ship. It's a big ship, and it has like tons of amenities, but it isn't, you know, so massive and and so many people. 
And so once we decided, hey, maybe this is a good idea. We're going to take this six-week trip. We have just moved. Our son has just graduated. You are transitioning in your job, and it's the first vacation you've had in a long time. And we just need some time to rest and relax. And so this was at the beginning of our trip. And so we decided upon this. So when we started looking, we were probably about uh, two months, six weeks to two months out from booking this. Six weeks. And so starting to really see, okay, this is how it's going to line up. And this is kind of the timeline. And we started to see some things were still on sale on some other cruise lines for like full price. But zeroed in on this one. And it was an incredible deal that we ended up getting. Saw it, but then I just really wanted to, not having done something like this, I really wanted to talk to somebody. So I found a local travel agent who specialized in cruises and just talked to her on the phone about this. And she was able to figure out how to get the same fare. So we ended up doing a 12-night Mediterranean cruise for about $1,500 a piece. The other ones that I was looking at, same period of time, were like would have been like four thousand a piece, which would have been like eight grand. So spending about three thousand dollars for twelve nights to see so many places was we felt like an incredible, incredible deal. And talking about that travel agent, she had actually been on this ship before. So she was familiar with the exact ship that we were looking at. Right. And so I think that would be a tip that we would have is to either talk to a travel agent who is very familiar or just calling Holland America. And, you know, talking to them and having them talk you through, like, what is the ship's layout? What are these rooms going to look like? We knew that we also, and I will say this wasn't an inside cabin either. This was a veranda room because we knew for that period of time and then being in those ports, we had done cruises before when we had expensive cruises, when we had not a lot of money and we had done like an inside cabin before and we didn't want to do that for 12 days. We wanted to be able to see out. So that was an incredible deal. And she was just able to walk us through, hey, Like, this is kind of where you want to be, and so you don't have an obstructed view. And so that would be a tip that we would have in order to do that. Matter of fact, it was very helpful because we were trying to decide whether we wanted to pay extra to pick a room ahead of time. And she said, oh, it doesn't matter. Everything that's available in this class, they're all great rooms, and they're all going to have good views. And so, you know, if I was you, I wouldn't pay the extra to, you know, to book that ahead of time, they're going to assign it to you shortly anyway, and it's going to be a great room. Yeah. And I think like literally as soon as we booked it, it was like, oh, this is your room. And so then we could go look. And and so that was, yeah, that was great advice. So she wasn't after, you know, having the upgrade or whatever. So let's talk about the pros and cons of doing the Mediterranean cruise and who this would be good for. Yeah. So one of the, I'm going to start with the con. One of the cons of doing a Mediterranean cruise is you've got the expense of getting from, you know, where where we live and where a lot of our current listeners live in North America over across to somewhere close to the Mediterranean to begin that that journey. So there is an additional expense to take that transatlantic flight. And, you know, I know you can find cheap deals at times and stuff like that. But if if you're just booking a trip and there's not a cheap airfare deal that you can grab or whatever, you may be looking at, you know, an extra $1,500 or so for that transatlantic flight. True. But one tip that might want to think about is that you don't necessarily have to fly direct or 
in one shot from your home airport to, let's say in our case, Rome. And we did not do that because we were doing a a longer trip and it was, we were going to end in London. So we actually had our roundabout trip going in and out of London Heathrow. And so we actually purchased, I believe it was on British Airways, but we actually like went and just looked to see, okay, how can we get the, the, that worked with our schedule, the most affordable way to get from Heathrow to Rome. And so that might be an option. If you could find a cheaper flight to another city and then do like a budget airline or, or something that's cheaper to get to your, your port city. Now, I know we have quite a number of listeners that are in Europe and, you know, they have the opportunity to take a lot of various cheap flights, you know, across Europe. And so for them, this is an amazing deal. Yeah, especially if you could book, you know, you see one pretty last minute that you could book, you you really could get a great deal on that. Okay, so what about some pros? The pros is that, you know, Holland America is a is a very, I would say, luxurious travel. And so when you go in, the restaurants on the ship are really top in, great food, great service. The ships are nice and clean and modern and updated. So you're going to get a really high-end experience on this cruise. And then I would also say that, you know, we talk a lot about when you go into a city, especially a big city, is doing the hop-on, hop-off bus. This this particular cruise, the the 12-day 12, 12 or 12-night, I don't remember which one it was, but, but that particular Mediterranean cruise, think of it like the hop-on, hop-off bus of the Mediterranean. Yeah. And so it was just a great way to see a lot of stuff. I think it'd be a great way, like if you aren't an experienced traveler and just thinking about, okay, I want to see all this stuff, but I'm overwhelmed with logistics and packing and moving and trains and or airplanes and going a lot of different places. This would be a great introduction combined with also feeling like a vacation, really. So it's not like feeling, sometimes travel can feel exhausting, but this can make it feel like a vacation and you can really get to see a lot of things. And then you are just, you know, you can book excursions through the cruise or you can look on Viator and book those excursions. So I think it would be good for that too. And if you had a mixed group where, you know, sometimes people like part of the family don't want to do everything and stay on the ship, but you can still have a vacation together. That might be another option to do that. And so this trip is good for families. It's good for sing, you know, single adults. It's good for couples. It's good for, I would say it's good for anyone who wants to do it. Now, let me say the embarking and debarking the boat and each port city, like if you have mobility issues, there could be some challenges there. Let's let's call that out and just say that that is a truth. It's not impossible, and you know they've they've definitely got ways for everybody to be able to to get off the boat and to go see. Then they, ha- I'm almost certain I don't remember seeing any, but I'm almost certain that they have some handicap buses and things like that that would take you into the city. Now the the question is going to be is, what are you going to do once you get into the city? And so you might have some issues, you know, getting around easily and stuff like that. But for the most part, when we got to larger cities, 
I don't really see why it would be a, a barrier for anybody. You know, we did talk about a few places that we went to that, um, you know, getting around if you were in a wheelchair or something like that might be a challenge. But for the most part, I would say anybody could do this trip. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so as we mentioned, we started in Rome. So I did want to give a tip. If you're going to do a Mediterranean cruise, a lot of times they either like Barcelona to Rome, Barcelona, Barcelona, that kind of thing. A couple of things is booking the flights. You can also book multi-city flights. So just being aware of that, like you don't have to go in and out of the same city. And a lot of people think that that's cheaper to do that, but it's not necessarily cheaper to do that. And in other episodes, we've mentioned that trip that we did that was like Zurich. And then we ended up in Ireland and we took a flight in between those. So our round trip for Delta was like into Zurich and out of Dublin. And it actually ended up being less than I remember when you called and had to change the flight, you know, kind of last minute, it actually ended up being less than our Dublin to Dublin flight. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, here's your if it was points or refund credit. or credit or, or whatever that we had to do. So don't think that you have to go in and out of the same city, just being able to, you know, check those multi-city flights. And then the other thing I would say, a lot of times people think, okay, we can, then they provide, or you can book, you know, transportation from your hotel and it can be a taxi or you can get a taxi. We opted to take the train um, because we were staying in Rome the night before. And so that would be our other tip too, is when you're doing a cruise like this, especially something overseas, like get there the day before, just to give yourself the leeway. Don't try to land that day just with delays and stuff like that. So we arrived the day before. And so we opted to take the train and we were like, oh, okay, I think we probably need to buy these train tickets. So what was funny about that is we like took, we took the train from the hotel, waited at the station until like our train was going to leave. And we'd explored on the train a little bit. And so as we were going to the port, we literally passed a station that we had gone through earlier that morning. And we we're like, okay. So we'd already purchased our return like after the cruise. So we knew then, okay, we don't have to go all the way to this particular station in Rome. Then when we saw that station, we're like, okay, we can get off here and make the connection and, you know, go back to the hotel that we were staying at again and stuff like that. So just a little logistics tip is, is just, you know, just not knowing, not a big deal. But and we don't mind funny. taking the train. We had gotten used to in our numerous trips to the UK and stuff like that. Is taking the train for local transportation that might be intimidating to to someone. So you can take a taxi. It's gonna. It's a good ride. I mean, there was. It seemed like there was a good thirty minutes or so yeah. on the train. So you know, prepare that it's going to be a rather expensive taxi, but you can do that. And if you're looking for ways to cut down on your overall cost. You know, you want to pay for a couple of meals. Well, maybe the, the train is a good way to save that that money. So let's talk a little bit about places that we visited on this trip. So this particular trip was going to Cartagena, Spain, then on to Gibraltar. So that was really cool because it was like, oh, how would we ever, you know, Gibraltar is kind of down there. How are we going to get to Gibraltar? Um, Cadiz is the port city. And then we actually chose to go to Sevilla, Malaga, another port city where we were going to go to Granada and see the Alhambra. We had a couple of days at sea. We had a couple of days in Barcelona and an overnight in Barcelona, Marseille. And so we could go into Provence and then uh, Monte Carlo. So you could see Monaco. We actually went over to Nice and then Laverno. And so from there, you could choose to go to Pisa or Cinque Terre or Tuscany or Florence and then back to Rome. 
when you go on these cruises, there's often days where you're traveling at sea, right? So not not every day is booked. The ship parked in in a in a port city, right? So you're going to have some travel at sea days. And those are actually those are actually really nice because it's almost like thinking about like if you're going to Disney World and then like having your non-park day or your rest day or something like that. It was actually really nice. Now. The way this worked, because it went from Rome, our very first day was the day at sea to get all the way over to Spain. But that was great for us. We had done all our travel. Um, We'd had half a day in Rome. Of course, we talked about, you know, all the things that we had just done, life experiences. And so that was a good way for us to just rest. So one of the days at sea, we actually had booked a wine blending class to like teach you a little bit about, you know, how like wine blends are and, you know, tasting that and being able to do that. And other than that, it was just a time for rest and relaxation, going to the pool. And that was pretty much all we did. But of course, they have the casinos and the shows and all the things. So that wine blending class was neat because it teaches you to be like a master vintner who's, you know, choosing the different grapes and and the different wines and using the taste to create a certain profile. And, you know, not just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, it actually, they taught you how to build the right proportions and, and stuff like that. And the cool part was at the end, you got to take the bottle of wine that you just made and then you could have it, um, you know, they would, they would save it for you and you could have it at the dinners that you would have at night on the cruise ship. Yeah, I thought it was really neat because you were mixing up in like a small little quantity. Right. And so then you're having to like, okay, I get it the way I want it. This tastes good. And then you're having to do the proportions of it to make like the whole bottle. So for me, the whole math, you know, proportion thing that was like, okay, this is cool. This is how this is how this works and get to have that special bottle. So we're watching Ted Lasso right now. The maths. So they had a they definitely have a spa on board. We would recommend that if you plan, though, to do a massage or spot treatment or something like that, you probably do want to book in advance or at least check right at the beginning. I will say I did have my nails done one day, and Scott reminded me of this as we were chatting to do this episode, is she was telling me that they also provided acupuncture on the cruise. And acupuncture can be a great way to help you with seasickness. So she was actually from Africa, and this was you know, a job she'd taken on. She'd never been on a ship. And so she said the very beginning and having to cross that Drake Passage, like we've talked about in the Antarctica episode, is getting so sick. And then they're like, okay, you need to do this acupuncture. And she said she's been fine ever since. Now, I'm sure being on the ship all the time, having your sea legs, but she said that acupuncture really helps. So that might be something that you want to do before you go if you have somebody or, you know, book it on the ship. So we were talking about today and I'm actually thinking about going and, you know, our chiropractor knows someone who does acupuncture and doing this before we go on our cruise a little later this year. And so, you know, to my new friend, Colin, I'm going to see if this works. And if it works, I'll definitely let you know. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And because we also have mentioned, so we booked this cruise for the end or in November and we are like, oh, we're never going to do a cruise that time of the year. But here we go. So hopefully... We'll have to report back and see how that works. So what else did we did on the ship? So I mentioned we did the pool one day. A lot of times in 
we would be out and about all day, we would come back. And so we would either just depending on how we felt, we would either have dinner in the dining room, or they had places that was almost like a quick you could like tell them, okay, they're like personal pizzas. And you could tell them, here's everything I want, we would just do that. We would watch movies at night and just rest. They did have a casino. I think one of the nights we did that. Since we were in Spain for part of the time, they had a flamenco dance show that you could go see. And I think we did the buffet once and it was just like, oh, okay, we're going to eat in the restaurants. Most of the days that we did the excursions, because you do have to get up and get going like 8 or 8.30, we would actually order the room service that's part of the cruise. It's not extra or anything like that. We would have the breakfast brought to us. And so we could like be getting ready and eating at the same time. Have, um, have a pot of coffee. Let's talk about this for just one minute. You know, the buffets, if you have kids and they don't do well sitting at, at dinner table and waiting on, you know, service and stuff like that, I guess that's, it's fine. But my recommendation is skip the buffets. They have table service for every meal and you get food that is prepared and brought out to you. Much higher quality food, right, as well that they that they would bring to you and do full full on table service. And that is the value that you're paying for, not the Western Corral or Western Sizzlin or whatever they call them, Golden Corral buffet, right? And so when you settle for the buffet, you're almost not getting the value that you're paying for. Because if you go in that restaurant, you're getting that, you know, white linen service from from the staff. And by the way, you're paying for it whether you use it or not. So I think that was our biggest thing about the buffets versus the restaurants. Yeah. And that, like I said, we're, like, we're in a hurry one time and we just did it. And we're like, OK, yeah, the food was so much better. So the days that we were at sea, I think we got dressed and like went and had breakfast in the dining room. And of course, knowing knowing us and that we like to talk and on the podcast, like we enjoy, we don't mind sitting at the table with other people and getting to know other people, but that you absolutely could have a table. Like if it's just a couple, you could absolutely request a table for two and, you know, just have the two of you. I think we did that one night when we were just like, okay, we, you know, we're just really need a night to ourselves and we want to eat in the dining room. So lots of food options. But I do remember like having the breakfast delivered was a great option as well. So one of the things they have at night and when you're visiting a lot of locations like this, I highly recommend this is they had a presentation. So they would bring someone in to talk about the next city or two cities away or, you know, whatever it was. And so you could go listen to this presentation and then you could make your mind up about what it was that you wanted to do. But you also learned a little bit more about where you're going, what was there, kind of what was the, you know, special things to see and stuff like that. And so those are really high value presentations, you know, to go and spend your time in. And Basically, it's just the company who organizes all of the tours is putting this on. But, you know, we've told you, you can eat, you know, if you want to do it for simplicity and you want to book it straight through the cruise line, you can. But you also can find a lot of times the exact same tour available through Viator as well. And so, uh, you know, that's really just up to you and your comfort level and whether you're trying to maybe save a little bit of money on your budget, or if 
you know, if, if budget's not a problem, by all means, it's probably the most simplest to book it directly through the cruise line. Yeah, but they did provide great information. And I think that was how we happened upon the day that we were going to the Cadiz port is not really having a plan. And they had something, transportation, where it was literally just transportation to Sevilla. So we're like, oh, that would be a great way to just like get there. The simplest way to get there instead of, you know, like trying to hire just a car for us or something like that. So I think that's how we learned about it. The other tip that I would have is that the travel books, like the ones that I like, like the Rick Steves books, yes, they do have the country. So I could have gotten Spain and I could have gotten uh, France. And they also have one that's just for the Mediterranean. And so they've basically taken those portions that you would, you know, see and compile those in a book. I actually downloaded it to my Kindle just so I wouldn't have, you know, we were packing light, so I wouldn't have, you know, a book. I would just have it in the Kindle. So at night, sometimes we would watch movies. And then I would just kind of see, okay, what are the highlights? What are the things that we don't want to miss um, as well? Let's just rapid fire a little bit more about the, the ship. And I think this is pretty common on all ships, right? You're going to have a pool. You're going to have a hot tub. I think that's standard fare. Now, what's going to change is do they have big, huge you know, slides like that for the kids and stuff like that? That would probably be the, the differentiator there. They're almost all going to have a running track. So if you enjoy getting up in the morning and going for a run, they have running tracks on them, places to play basketball. I think all of them have started adding pickleball. So if you're an avid pickleballer, you know, you can do that. And then they also have full gymnasiums for your use. And if you're, you know, eating every one of these meals that they're offering, you might want to use that gym. But then... One of the things that we liked about the Holland America, and Melissa really enjoyed this, was the coffee shop. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so they had a coffee shop just like on the main level. It's called the Grand Dutch Cafe. And now this was extra because it was like the specialty coffees, right? So espresso drinks and stuff like that. But just having some really good espresso drinks. A lot of times we would have the breakfast in the room and have like the pot coffee, but we might go and grab a cup of coffee as we were leaving and, you know, having it made to order. Or then sometimes I think getting back on the ship, it was like, oh, let's stop and, you know, have a cup of coffee. And they had a place where you could sit as well, you know, and have it in real cups and and things like that. So that was a nice thing to have. And a couple of our tips as far as the ship that we had been told that we would like to pass along that were really helpful is that once you get on is start to just try to explore a little bit. And so Scott did mention, he thinks that they have just like little tours and stuff that you can do that shows you everything. But go ahead and try to explore a little bit and just see like, okay, where are we going to be eating? Where is the gym? Where are the different restaurants? Where are the running track? And just kind of look and see because you hate to find something like toward the end of the trip that you would have enjoyed seeing. I know that in you had actually found, we didn't find this at the very beginning, but you had found it on one of your night walks when you were having your jet lag is like they had like a lounge area in the front of the ship and you could go in there and they had magazines and newspapers, but it had a great, it was like in the front of the ship where you could see out, like see where you were going as well. So just figuring that out. And then number two is to unpack as when you get into your cabin. So once you get your things, now we had our e-bag backpacks and so we had, we didn't have them. We didn't like check anything that they had to bring through and we were like, oh, well, we've had it on our back all this time. We can just bring it. So we went straight to our cabin, unpacked everything, kind of got settled. 
because you are in tight quarters. I mean, the rooms were spacious, but I mean, it's a cruise ship, right? So figuring out, okay, my clothes are going here. I'm putting my suitcase up, having a place for them under the bed. Just really feeling settled for that 12-day journey. I think I thought that was a really great tip that I had read, I think, in and the Rick living, Steve's book. Living out you know, a, a drawer, like a dresser drawer versus living out of a backpack, it's a, you know, it just makes you feel, like you said, more settled in and, you know, more comfortable. I would, one of the things that we talked about as well is, and this is going to depend on how you cruise. If you're someone who stays on the boat and you're not going to get off in all these port cities, you're just there to to relax, be on the ship the whole time, hang out by the pool, you know, and stuff like that. Go to the casinos. You might want to look into the drink package. But if you're someone like us where you might be on the ship for like a day or a couple of days as you're cruising. But the rest of the time, you're going to be getting off the boat just as soon as it docks. And you're going to be heading out and you're going to stay active and busy until you come back. And and by the way, you're going to be exhausted. And so you're not going to hang around and stuff like that. You're probably going to want to go back to your room. We wouldn't suggest that you would buy the drink package uh, on the boat. You're just not going to get your value out of it. But like I said, if you're going to spend most of your time on the ship and that's something that you enjoy, then by all means, you probably want to take advantage of that. Yeah. So we just did that a la carte as we as we wanted to, because like we mentioned, we were one night in Barcelona. And then when we were in Gibraltar, that was actually a late evening. It was like ported later in the late evening. And so it was just like a few things a la carte here and there, which ended up being just a better value for us. Have a drink at dinner and, you know, it's just a, it wasn't a, a value for us. You know, we did want to mention that it is an option. You can get those drink packages, including for your kids. You can have soft drinks if you want them to have all of the sugar and caffeine and stuff like that. Unlimited. It's there. Uh, if not, then you might want to consider not buying that for them. So let's talk a little bit about how we decided what to do in each city. We really just started looking at, okay, where is it going to, where is it going to port? And then I just started looking at what excursions is the cruise offering and then referencing the book and then seeing, okay, what, what kind of things do we want to do? And then also we didn't really want to do an excursion excursion and a tour in each city because that would give us more time to just explore on our own and then also help us to save costs. Because as we've mentioned, this was part of a bigger trip. And so just being conscious of that as well. One of the big ones was to go in Granada to go see the Alhambra. And so immediately when we booked that, checking that one out, and it was already sold out. And that was, again, how we ended up booking that same tour on Viator. And then looking at, for example, in Laverno, saying, okay, we really want to go to Tuscany. What can we do? How can we efficiently like have a highlight day? But really for the other days... Let's talk about that one real quick. Okay. Um, you know, in Livorno, we had the option of going, you said, to Pisa, Cinque Terre, or Tuscany. And so we chose Tuscany. Kind of what were the reasons why not the other two? I know Tuscany, like you get to go to this wine region and stuff like that. But I mean, the Leaning Tower of Pizza, I mean. I think because people had just said like for the whole day, like, okay, that's what you go see, which that's, that is cool. And yes, that's still on the list. 
But I think for us, it was like, okay, what, what realistically, what we enjoy most, what would we say if we hadn't gone to Tuscany? Like, what would we have missed most? I guess so it's totally personal. And knowing preference. that we want to go back to Cinque Terre, right? Yes. And, and spend time there. And spend time there. And for that, that you could also go to Florence too. But like for those, it's like you would spend so much time getting there. Would you really have a lot of time to spend? So this particular excursion was like, okay, we're going to be in a car with a driver. He's going to take us and kind of like manage our timeline, make it efficient to be able to see those things. So I think it was just a matter of, you know, making that choice as well. And so on that, we chose to go to the Tenuta Torciano winery. And I remember we passed by the area where the tour guide was telling us Andrea Bocelli does his big tour or big concert every year um, for the people. And he said the place is just packed with everyone coming in to see Andrea Bocelli. And sort of like immediately I was like, oh, my God, we've got to come back here and try to figure out how to get into that. Yeah, because he was just saying like, okay, it's on this, you know, like this road and it's just packed with cars and just like all of these people come. So that seemed really neat. So for the rest of the cities, it was really just kind of exploring on our own. In Cartagena, Spain, they had recently discovered some Roman ruins. So it was really just about... Surprise, um, surprise, Roman ruins. It was really just about, we just kind of like went to a few museums and to the to the archaeological sites. But it was just a great way to just like stretch our legs and kind of get a feel for, okay, what's this going to be like, you know, getting off on these different port cities and found a place for lunch. And I always tell my friends that live in Europe, be careful going out in the garden and digging. You might find some Roman ruins and then all of a sudden you're messed up. <laughs> and then Gibraltar, the same thing. We didn't book anything in particular. We just figured out, and I, we figured out how to get to the place where you could go up to I guess it was a cable car, I think, right? It was a cable car. You could see the monkeys and go to all the different, you know, the sites there. And so that's really, I think, where also having the guidebook came in handy because in that one in particular, they kind of told you, okay, this is where you need to be able to get to, but go online in advance and buy these tickets. You didn't have to, but there was a long line. I don't know if you remember that. Like there was a long queue once we got there and I was like, oh, I already have the tickets. I was like, oh, thank goodness we can, you know, get there quickly. And then Sevilla, we mentioned we we did buy the transportation excursion, I think, through the cruise and then just kind of explored that on our own and then deep dive into Barcelona. Go listen to our Barcelona episode. We'll talk about everything that we did. We explored all that on our own. And then in Marseille, we just decided to take a train. So they have a lot of taxis like when you get off the ship. So for there, the train station was further. And so we just we took a taxi into the train station, and we actually took the train to Aix-en-Provence that day and just made sure that we would be back in time to take the taxi back. Had lunch, had a picnic, just wandered. Monica, we actually did a bunch of things. I think that was another one where going and listening to the talk was really helpful because they were the ones who told us, I think, hey, go to this particular place and you can take, take your passport with you. You can get it stamped. We took the train to Nice and spent part of the day. I don't know how we did all that in the same day came back to the ship, got dressed, went back to the casino. So like we really packed it in that day. It was in that port a little bit longer. And then of course, Scott mentioned the the day in Tuscany. So it was really just about 
having a guidebook and, you know, doing some research online. Some of the stuff we booked ahead of time and then some of the stuff we just kind of did spur of the moment. So one of the things we often talk about is brand loyalty, right? As much as Delta has infuriated me with their new medallion guidelines, there's still some value there to, you know, stick into a certain brand. We love Marriott properties all over the world and have stayed at a bunch of them. But, you know, we kind of have gravitated to Holland America for cruises. And so what are some other places to go in Holland America? So one thing that because we did this cruise, I have since then like gotten the emails and gotten flyers that they mail to you and talks about different things. So Holland America goes all over the world. And so that was what was interesting about talking to the lady in the spa that day, because the the crew basically like they're traveling, like they're going all over the world as these ships go to these different places. So with Holland America, you can do extended, you like you can go to. I don't know. You've recently showed me like some 50 something day trips and stuff like that that you want to do on Holland America. Yeah. So they've got ones that do Australia with New Zealand. And actually the cruise that we did was like we were on there for the 12 days, but there were people who were going to stay on that ship when we got off and we're going to go on and do like the Greek Isles. So these ships do travel. So one of the ones that I looked at recently, like it ported so that you could go to Morocco and then over to Egypt and then like the Nile and then out to like Madagascar, Antarctica, Alaska. They go to places in Mexico, lots of destinations in the Caribbean. So basically all over the world, you could find cruises in Antarctica, South America. Um, you can do a world voyage on Hall America as uh, well. So next time I have the ability to take multiple, when I say multiple, like six to eight weeks off, we've got to do that one that you were just talking about. And by the way, we found out that the um, New Zealand and Australia, Australia cruise actually leaves from San Diego. Yeah, so that would be a great way if you don't want to do that flight, that long flight, and you can get to San Diego. I think one of them stops in Hawaii and then cruises on. So that, that was would really be a, cool. That would be a great way to do that. And they are not as expensive as you would think. Yeah. And then we've also recently learned if you are a casino loyalty member, you know, got lots of people in my family who love to play slot machines, right? And, you know, you can get the casino loyalty rewards. We found out that they do a status match to those casinos. Yeah. So you recently matched our Marriott status when you were out in Vegas to Caesars. So Caesars is converting over from a Hyatt. Uh, Wyndham. I'm sorry, from a Wyndham affiliation, I guess, to a Marriott. And so you had to actually go out there, but you were out there. And so they matched that. And then another friend had told us that, oh, check into the Holland America, because then for the casino, they also match and give you a deal. So the deal is basically a free cruise inside state cabin. When I say free, yes, you have to pay the port fees and the taxes, which are way less than a cruise would be. But basically with this one, you just had to use it before your match period ended. 
And you could go anywhere that didn't include Christmas and New Year's and anywhere that was still on the on the docket for the rest of the year. So unfortunately, like you could have done Alaska, you could have done New England and still to go, you could have done the Caribbean and Mexico. And and so the one that worked out for us is the Caribbean. So we are have planned one that goes to three new places that we have not been. And so we're going to use some of these techniques. We did decide to upgrade and do that veranda room and pay a little bit of extra, which Holland America, I'm sure, appreciates. And I think one of the things that you also get is like they give you some casino credits or free play while you're on the ship, stuff like that. So, you know, it'll be fun. We're not big gamblers, but when I'm playing with somebody else's money, um, I'm fine with that. And I do have to say, we did, you did teach me how to play craps when we did this Mediterranean cruise. You did take me to the, to the casino. Hey, Ash, come on, buddy. You got to come go with us on a cruise so you can show Melissa how to play craps because I've forgotten everything that you showed me. So I'm going to put a couple of different links in the show notes is one of them is going to be that status match. You just have to go in and you have to upload information that you have, and then they email you back and then you call to book it. And then also just a link if you're interested in looking at some of these cruises, you get a referral bonus. We would get a referral bonus um, if you end up booking a cruise in the form of onboard credit. All right. Well, you know, this is similar to a destination episode. And anytime we have a destination episode, we ask Melissa, what do you need to pack for this Mediterranean cruise? And I would say specifically on Holland America, right? Because different ships have different requirements around dress code for dinner and things like that. So let's let's talk about it in terms of this Holland America cruise and what do you need to pack? Yeah, that's true. And that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. I do think a lot of these ships are getting away from like having these like super dressy and super formal nights. And which, of course, if you had that and you didn't want to do that, you could just opt out of going to that particular meal. They did not have that on this cruise. And so basically for dinner, I mean, yes, we wanted to dress a little bit nicer. And so we took along things like sundresses and I took a couple of pairs of pants. I don't know. Did you take any pants or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I think even dressy shorts and a collar shirt, just so you feel comfortable going to dinner. I mean, some people dressed up more than others. So because this was part of that longer trip and we did that e-bag backpack. I had that bag and then I had like a a handbag, a purse that I could fold up and then, you know, put in that or I could use it for like taking to the beach. But basically, I had a couple of sundresses. Of course, you want to have your swimsuits. And then the cover up that I took also could double as a dress as well. Um, We both took along tennis shoes that were good for walking different places and working out as well. I took one workout outfit. I just did something black pants, black tank so that it was stuff that you could wear out as well. As I mentioned, a pair of pants and I had a pair of leggings, a couple of pairs of shorts, and then a pair of sandals that I could take to the beach and with dressier things, which ended up being a pair of Birkenstocks and then several shirts that would work with lots of different things. But I will mention that we actually ended up before we got off the ship. So probably the last day that they would have allowed you to do laundry, we actually sent all of our dirty clothes off to the laundry. And it was more expensive than doing it like in a city, but less expensive than I would have imagined. Like imagine, you know, when you go to the hotel and you send to something to the laundry, that seems like they charge you an arm and a leg. And this was like, oh, everything you can fit in this bag for X amount of money. So we did that. And that just simplified it for not having to do laundry like right away. I 
I do remember they put these little little tags, right? I guess it was like almost little barcode tags so things wouldn't get lost in like like in the neck or in the pants or something like that. And I do still obviously I think when you travel, you take like your very favorite things and some of those things I still wear. And they have those little tags. And so every time, you know, I see those little tags in those clothes, I just think about this trip. So that was a great way to to do that and have those to be able to continue on. Anything else that I that you took that you would recommend? Uh, you know, you asked did I have pants and I think I took a pair of linen pants that I would wear to dinner, something very lightweight, wouldn't take up a lot of room in my bag, wouldn't weigh, you know, very much. And so I think that's what I would often wear into the restaurant. Yeah, we didn't do anything super dressy or anything like that, but just, and it was summertime, so that did help as well. I think we had a rain jacket as well. I can't believe that we were able to do so much on this trip. My experience with cruises prior to this was getting off in the port cities, maybe grabbing a bite to eat, and then getting back on the cruise to move off to our next destination. I'm so thankful that we adventured beyond the cruise ports and enjoyed experiencing the local cultures. I recently got my old passport back in the mail, and it was fun reminiscing about some of the places that we visited like getting our passport stamped in Monaco. I wonder how many of our listeners have a passport stamp from there. If you have a really cool, really unique place that's stamped in your passport, leave us a note. Let us know about it. We love hearing from you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll find some inspiration to help you on your travel journeys. Please consider going on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. The more five-star reviews we have, the more likely we are to be featured and discovered by others. Make sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new episodes as they are released. You can also find us on Instagram at Sunshine Travelers Podcast. Remember that's Travelers with one L. Most importantly, share it with your friends and help them catch the travel bug. You never know, they may become your greatest travel companions.